All right, are you ready to get into the Word of God once again today? Well, I'm excited, ready to dive right in. So go ahead and grab your Bible or whatever you use. And I really want you to do this um, it, because it impacts our, our confession, impacts our life. And so I want you to mean this from your heart. And then when we get up tomorrow, then, you know, let's do it. Let's meditate in the chapter morning and evening. So say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I do what it tells me to do. And I love my Bible. So I make this as a confession that I will meditate therein both day and night on a chapter in the morning and a chapter in the evening. And because I do, my life is blessed. It's no more a mess. Now, everything I touch, come on, everything I touch now turns to success. If you believe that, shout hallelujah, glory to God. Amen. Father, we take this opportunity to come before you once again in prayer. I thank you for every one of my brothers and sisters in Christ that are with me at this moment, receiving this message as if it were you speaking it. So I pray, we pray that you'll use my tongue as the pen of a ready writer to write upon the hearts of every man and woman and boy and girl that's present that you will speak to us, Lord, through your word, that we might be better because of it. Open the eyes of our understanding. Fill us and flood us with your light. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Amen. I'm going to read a, a pretty large passage of scripture to you. So turn with me in your Bible to the book of Exodus chapter 23. I believe that this passage is relevant for us in the day that we live in. And so I want you to hear it in the moment as if it were spoken. It says, behold, in verse 20, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way to bring you into a place, the place which I prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice and do not provoke him for he will not pardon your transgressions for my name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in the land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come. And I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. 
And I will send hornets before you, which will drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before you. I will not drive them out before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you be increased and you inherit the land. Well, we're continuing a series that I've been on for some time now, both on Wednesday nights. And of course, we started it on last Sunday uh, on Sunday mornings. And the title of this series, of course, is Get Out and Stay Out. We're talking about getting out and staying out of debt. We're going to look today at big step number four, which is little by little. How is it that we're going to get out of debt and stay out of debt? I believe God has given us a step to take and he's saying to you to do it little by little. Now, I want to talk to you today from this passage of scripture. Obviously, it's really long and we can we'll, we'll read our entire chapter tomorrow. But as you as I give you another big step to take to get out of debt, I want to use some things that that God spoke to the children of Israel as he was bringing them into their land. In this passage, God is covenanting with his children to bring them into the land and life that he prearranged for them to live. In this story, I want you to see debt as your enemy, and I want you to hear the promises of God that God is making to you today concerning debt in your life. You see, I believe that God has a good life prearranged ahead of time for you and I to live. That what's going on in the world today, it, 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 it pales in comparison to the beauties and the splendor and the good that God has in store for us. I believe there is a land of promise for you. And I believe that God is preparing you through this message for your future. You see, debt in your life right now is keeping you from living the abundant life that God wants you to live. I don't believe that, that when Jesus said the thief comes only but for to steal, to kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I don't believe that good life, the life to the full and until it overflows, the abundant life that God has includes having to pay in order, having to pay debt down in order to own something. I believe the, the abundant life that God has for you puts you in a place of abundance and prosperity and not borrowing or debt. So he, he's going to help us get out of debt. And he's going to help us keep us, keep us out. He's going to help us to stay out of it. Now, I want you to notice here, and I want to use this passage to, to show you this from the Word of God, that He's going to get us out of it, and then He's going to keep us out of it. And I want to show you how He's going to do it. And I want to, I want to use, think about where the children of Israel are coming from at the moment. I mean, they were in bondage. And, and literally, when, when we are in debt and borrowing, we are in bondage as a result. We, we become servant to the lender, and that's bondage. 
And so from going from a place of bondage to a place of overflow and abundance, God tells them how he's going to do it. And I believe he's saying this to us today. The way he's going to get us from, from being in a place of bondage to being in a place of abundance, he's saying, I'm going to send angels ahead of you to keep you. They're going to, and the angels that, I, that God says he's going to send are actually going to bring you into this wealthy place, this place that he's prepared a better place than you've ever been. I want you to imagine, come on with me right now. I want you to feel this because God's got a better life for you to live. And I believe that we access it by taking the steps that he sets before us. He says, I'm going to send an angel before you. I don't know if you know this in, in, in Revelations. It talks about a, a candle and he, he talks about the seven angels and as it relates to the church. And I believe that our pastor is a type of angel in our lives. And I believe he's saying in this passage that, that you should obey spiritual authority, that, that when, when God is, is stirring up the pastors and the leaders and the ministers and, and pointing our lives in certain directions, that we should obey that. In other words, don't just throw off or cast off, well, I, I'm comfortable with what I have and you know, I'm not interested in paying off my house and you know, I'm comfortable with things where they are financially. No, I'm challenging you as your pastor, as someone in spiritual authority, speaking into your life, get a hold of this, God is sending, as it were, spiritual authority ahead to prepare the way. He said, uh, in, in other words, you should listen to your pastor. Amen. You don't have to, but you should. God says through this passage that he will be an enemy to your enemies. Now that makes me want to jump up and down and I can tell you why, because there's three fundamental questions that we're examining through the entire whole of this series. We're asking ourselves a question, is debt a sin or is it always bad? And that's an important question. And based on how we answer these questions, it'll determine if we ever get out and stay out. Number two question, if it were, not that we have to conclude, but if it was a sin or if it was always bad, what would that change in your life? And, and, and again, how you answer that will determine. Again, I, I'm not going to put into your mind what you should believe. You should draw from Scripture what to believe. And then the third question, which I want to tag on right now, again, is if that um, is debt to you a friend or an enemy? Now, I'm going to tell you, for me, it's an enemy. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I don't want it around me. I want it out of my life. I'm telling debt to get out and to stay out. Come on, somebody. So notice now in this passage, and I pray that you receive it from God and not just from me, that you receive that God is saying, I'm going to be in the place where I'm taking you. From where you are right now, if you have hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt or just tens of thousands of dollars of debt, God is covenanting with you. I believe right now in this moment, he's covenanting you with you that he's going to be an enemy to your enemies. That means if you see debt as a friend and well, you know, you may be on your own with that. But if you see debt in your life, if you see that car payment as an enemy, if you see that house payment, I know I'm seeming excited right now now because I really am. And I'm so excited about what God wants to share with you today. 
If you see that credit card or that, that mortgage or that home equity line of credit or that student loan, if you see those entities as an enemy that are robbing you, that are taking from you, that are uh, uh, negatively impacting your quality of life and your bottom line and your net worth, then I challenge you to receive that God is saying, I'm going to be an enemy to your enemies. I'll take that. Glory to God. He's also saying that if you serve him and that if you obey him, he will bless your food and take sickness away from the midst of you. Coronavirus has no place in you. God says if you serve him and obey him, he's going to watch over what you consume, what you inhale, what you ingest. And Jesus said it, it will by no means hurt you. Then he again says that if he says that he will make debt, your enemies flee from you and he will drive debt, your enemies out of your life. I challenge you this week when you're reading that passage, read it and make it personal. See it as God making covenant promises to you as it relates to your enemy. And if your enemy is dead, then see that he's going to make debt flee from you. It'll turn his back on you. That debt will be driven out of your life. Do you receive that today? Now, I, I, I read that entire passage to really get to two verses. Because in this passage, I believe God tells us exactly how he's going to do it. And so I want to read again verse 29 and verse 30. He says, I will not drive them, talking about debt for us, I will not drive debt out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. Now, I, I don't know about you. I, the question comes, why? I mean, notice he's, he, he's going to help you eradicate debt, but he's not going to do it all at once. I mean, we were just, we, we, I was just preaching good. We were just shouting about him becoming an enemy to our, to our enemies. But now he's talking about, I'm not going to do it all at once. I mean, think about it. Wouldn't it be great? I mean, right now, to my name, there's about $126,000 in debt. And, uh, you know, a good part of that is student loans. But nonetheless, you know, if all of a sudden, in one fell swoop, when my ship comes in, come on, help me, church. It, 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 if, if all of a sudden I come into a large sum of money, ooh, wouldn't that be great? I don't know about you. That sounds good. It would be great in just one fell swoop. I mean, God says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the cattle on a thousand earth, the silver is mine, God says, and the gold is mine. Well, I mean, he could, I mean, again, and there's others that may have a little bit more than that. Some may be, you know, when you look at business and, and, and all of that, you may have a considerable amount of debt to your name, but none, for none of us is it any big deal to God. So why then doesn't he do it all of a sudden? 
When you think about God, always remember the Apostle John made a statement in the word that, that is truth. God is love. So when, when, when you're asking why God, also ask why love? Why would love not do it all at, one, all at once? That's the same as saying, why would God not do it all at once? Well, remember this about love, which, which will cause you to remember this about God. Love always has your and my best interests at heart. So there must be something here that's in our best interest. Now, as far as we can see, we would love to be out of debt today or at least by the end of the year. But he says, I'm not going to drive out your enemies in one, one year. And, and I believe that there's an answer hidden here that if you'll allow me as few moments of time to speak into your life will reveal the love of God and the plan of God as it relates to your future. Notice here, he says, I'm not going to do it all at once. I'm going to do it little by little. I submit to you today, big step number four, how to get out of debt and how to stay out of debt is not to try to bite off more than you can chew, but to do it. Come on, help me now. Little, say it out loud, little by little. So I want to talk to you about that. And I believe as we'll see it through the scriptures, it will reveal why. So notice with me Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 22. In Deuteronomy 7, 22, uh, and, and just to preface this, uh, my wife Marquita, she ministered on Mother's Day. Powerful word, be careful to obey. And some of those, uh, you know, dominant passages of scripture were Deuteronomy 7, Deuteronomy 8, you know, numbers and, and, and so forth. And, I, and, and when I, I noticed this in Deuteronomy 27, it just jumped up and down because it fits right in this message. And, and Moses, remember, he, God told him in Exodus, you're not going in. So, or, or Numbers, he told him, you're not going in because how you handled that situation. I think it was Numbers 26 or Numbers 20. And so, so, so now Moses has the job to prepare the people for entering in their land of promise. And that's my job to prepare you for entering into the land of promise. And so notice this here in the book of Numbers, chapter seven, uh, excuse me, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter seven, verse 22. He says, and the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. You will be unable to destroy them at, a, at, a, at once, lest the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. So again, this is the second time it's in scripture that, that God in bringing his people into the land that he's covenanted and promised to give them, he's not going to bring them in all at once because it's not for their benefit. He says here that you won't be able to, to handle it, in other words, and, and, the, and that, that what's on that other side would be too much for you. Come on, somebody. Have you ever heard of what happens when certain people come into large sums of money and they don't know really how to handle it? 
And I don't know whether you're talking about a, a young sports athlete, whether you're talking about somebody who wins a lottery or, or a young person who inherits a fortune. You know, we've all heard of times and stories where a person will come into huge sums of money, but then later we find their life completely destroyed and the question begs as to why. I don't know about for you. I feel like, man, if I came into four or five million dollars right now, I'd be able to handle it. But God says, no, I'm going to do it little by little. And it's obviously for our best interest. I believe with all my heart, God is saying, I'm going to help you get out of debt and I'm going to help you stay out of debt by doing it little by little. Little by little also means that there are lessons to learn. And I believe that's why he does it this way. Let me take for a moment to introduce to you a strategy that I learned from Dave Ramsey. I mean, and many other financial experts. Not, I even heard it before I heard it from uh, Financial Peace University. There's a, such a thing when you we're talking about eradicating debt, getting out of debt. Uh, many financial experts will recommend what is called a debt snowball. And essentially, it's the idea of lining up all the debts you have. Let's say you have, you know, five or six different debts in your life, you know, credit card payment here, you know, a little department store, student loan, a car loan. And, and a house, you know, a number of different things. Well, the idea in, in getting out of debt by using a debt snowball, it's a really brilliant idea. And I want to use it to, to teach you the lesson about, uh, about doing it little by little. So here's the idea. Irrespective of their interest rate, take all your debts. And I encourage you to do it. Take all your debts and line them up from the smallest balance to the biggest balance and be sure to put your house on the list. And then this is this is how a debt snowball would work. You take that that first payment is $50. Throw everything you can at paying off that $800 credit card or that $1800 credit card with that $50 minimum payment. All right, just keep paying the minimum payments on the other ones. And then when you get that one off, take that $50 and add it to that $100 payment on that second one. And so now you're throwing $150 at it month after month and then now year after year. And then when you knock that four or $5,000 payment off because you've been putting extra on it, come on. Now you take that $150 extra, don't spend it. <laughs> don't go buy something else now that your debt to income ratio is freeing up. No, take that extra 150 that you were doing monthly and tack it on to that $300 payment. Praise God. Next thing you know, you'll be paying 300 plus an extra 150, $450 a month. Now you're knocking that student loan or that car loan in the head at the rate of $450 a month. Praise God. Once you get that one knocked off, now you can tack on that $450 payment to the $600 payment that you were making. Now you're at $1,050 a month knocking it out. Once you knock that out, all of a sudden that $1,400 mortgage payment, add it to, add it to it another $1,050. Now you're paying $2,450 a month on that house and even though you could afford a bigger house don't go big get a bigger house no pay this dude off first and then you'll be completely and totally debt free and in a position 
to now live your life in a cash only basis. Let me get back to my lesson. Patience is the key. The way God is going to get you out and to keep you out, he says he's going to do it little by little. Learn this step today. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, so we went from Deuteronomy 7 into Deuteronomy 8 in the message that Marquita preached. I want you to notice in Deuteronomy 8, Moses is again preparing the people for what God has promised them. You are about to come into a really good place. I sense it in my heart. I believe the economy will recover. I believe the third quarter will be better and then the fourth quarter will be even better than that and that we'll, we'll blaze into the next year and there will be years of prosperity. Again, I have a prophetic word in me that it won't always be good, that there will be times of great famine and I mean just year after year and you want to be separated from, uh, from the debt system, okay? But I believe with all my heart that God is going to cause you to come into a really good place irrespective of what the economy does or doesn't do and he warns the people as he's warning us and he tells us as he's telling us he's telling them as he's telling us to be careful to obey him he's saying in Deuteronomy chapter 8 because that they are about to step into a new level of life that they haven't seen and I say this prophetically over you that you are I know it's been rough I know it's been tough I know economically things have been in a crisis but I say over you and I, I know there's some out there hold your hand up and receive it I'm saying over you you are about to step into a new level of life and on a level that they haven't even that you haven't even seen yet. He talked about them in Deuteronomy chapter eight, eating good, living good. We're going to be eating good and living good and riding good. He talked about in Deuteronomy eight that they were going to have build beautiful houses. He talked about their silver and their gold being multiplied. I can't wait till you read it this week. I believe that he said some things in verse sixteen and and to, to eighteen that are very impactful. And I believe the reason he, he gives the reason, he does it little by little in these verses. Listen to verse 16 to 18, and then I'll talk about them. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 16 through 18, it says this, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the latter end. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand hath gained me this well. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get well, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear to your fathers as it is this day. Again, I, I believe that there's something here in these three verses that tells us why he's going to do it little by little. You know, um, material things have a way to work their way into our hearts. The Bible says that uh, where a man's treasure is, there his heart will be also. And so I believe the reason why he does it little by little is so that you can guard your heart and not become attached to things. Who am I preaching to today? So that, so that I believe he does it as he says in this verse, so that, that you will remain humble along the way or humble like humble Texas. Come on. 
He, he does it little by little so that he can do you good in your latter end. Because again, if he did it all at once and you get thrown off, if I can borrow an expression from Louisiana, if he did it all at once and it, and it consumes you and it threw you off and you got beside yourself, come on, help me today. Then, 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 so he does it little by little so that he can do you good in your latter end so that you won't think for a moment that it was your education that got you that house, that it was your master's degree or that it was your doctor's degree or, 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 or that it was your brilliant idea or your business wit or smarts, that it was the, you know, something that, that as he said there, that you say in your heart, it's my power and the wealth of my hand. And you know, it comes out when you talk to folks, I did this and I got this and that's mine. Come on. And you give no glory from the one through whom it came. So I believe he gives us the reason why he does it little by little in these verses so that we will remember that it is he who gives us the power to get wealth so that he can establish his covenant. Do I have any covenant keepers out there today? So God does it little by little so that we can remember that it's God that does this that it's not us that did it. See, when we go to the bank to get the bigger house, that's on our ability. But when we stand outside of that beautiful house, that's bigger than our current bank account. And we keep serving God and we keep loving God. And he knows the desires of our heart is to have a better place for our family to dwell. That little by little, next thing you know, we'll be in a place where he gives us the key. And when the Lord blesses you and makes you wealthy, there's no sorrow. There's no bondage. There's no debt that comes with it. As I get ready to wrap this up, did you get anything out of this so far today? As I get ready to wrap this up, I, I want you to learn this lesson today. Big step number four, as you, oh, it, it's going to take you some time. I mean, I wish I could tell you that after, you know, the, the, the seven big steps that immediately applied, that all of a sudden within a few months, you'll be debt free. I, I can't tell you that for, for many of us, it may be years, you know, be glad if it happens sooner, but I want to prepare you to be in the mindset that, you know, when you get into the next year, you don't slip up and forget like, oh, yeah, I can go ahead and borrow for this. That'll set you back. No, get out, be done with it, be dead to it, and then allow God to do it little by little. I close with this. Despise not small beginnings. When I was very young, you know, I aspired to have great, great accomplishments in life. And elders and wise counsel and pastors would speak and I would hear it echo in my ears to despise not small beginnings. Where does that come from? Actually, that, that phrase comes from uh, Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 10. Zechariah is prophesying, he says, for who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. Notice that he started this with a question. Who has despised the day of small beginnings? 
You see, I believe the key to debt is right here. When you get in that car and you, you, know, you start despising it and you, you get to seeing other new cars and when you are marketed with the commercials that you can get a, a better car, and now all of a sudden you, you're starting to despise the small things. That small apartment that you're in right now. That, that, that small house that you're listening to me. You know, that small job or that, that, that small, when, when, you, when, when you start despising small things, it'll move you because God's not doing it fast enough. And you know, the bank can get it to you now. Come on. So I challenge you today to despise not small beginnings. And it's so easy for us to do. I mean, in my own personal life as a pastor, you know, I've believed that God has called us to reach thousands upon thousands, but we've only been reaching scores and now hundreds upon hundreds. You know, even in the place that I am right now, I could despise the smallness of life today. But no, I'm receiving this exhortation as if it's the Lord speaking to me. You might be living in a day of little things right now, but I'm here to tell you that God's got expansion on his mind. As a matter of fact, in the book of Job, chapter 8 and verse 7, God says this through Job. He says, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. The King James says, shall greatly increase. And I close with this, though you might be in a small job and you might have a small home and you might have a little car, praise God, though what you're in right now is small, I'm here to prophesy that your latter end will increase abundantly. What I see in that is exponential expansion, praise God. If you've ever seen one of those exp exponential curves, I mean, it just starts out real low with a little bit progressive but then all of a sudden something happens all of a sudden there begins to be an increase and it's not just a gradual increase anymore it starts to be exponential where 8 and 8 is 16 and 16 and 16 is whatever it is praise God I'm here to tell you there's some exponential expansion coming in your life praise God if you'll receive it today I believe the way God's gonna get you to that place where you're writing checks, paying cash for houses, cars, and homes, and educations, and investments. Praise God. I believe God's called you to live an abundant life. But it starts with learning this lesson. And it's simply this. The way God's going to do it is little by little. Did you get anything out of this today? Per adventure, you might be watching. You know, we're not in a church facility at the moment. And so this is going out to the world wide web. Maybe you're watching. You caught enough interest to stay to this moment. Let me ask you, if you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? If you pray this prayer with me, I believe that God will save you right where you are. I don't believe you're on this moment or in this moment by accident. Give your life to the Lord today. He'll become an enemy to your enemies, let me tell you. And he'll bring you into the life that he's created for you to live, which is a good life. 
a life to the full, and a life until it overflows. There are some of you that may be watching me right now and you're born again, but you've gotten into some sin. It's time to come home. Clean yourself off. Get up and run again. Pray this prayer with me. God will cleanse you from all unrighteousness so that you can run boldly and confidently through Pray this out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, come on, say it out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today thanking you for this message, but also come to give you my heart. I'm asking you, Lord, save me from my sins. I repent right now. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. Come into my heart. Save me now. Cleanse me from all the wrong in me. I accept your offer of forgiveness. I am forgiven. I'm born again. Heaven is now my home in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.